0: And the opinions expressed during the show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, or ownership of WGCH Radio.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Fashion Friday. I have a jam packed show for you today. I'm actually very, very excited. I'm always excited, but more than normal. Um, I have a very special guest that will be joining me in just a few minutes. And um, I also have lots of good... Fashion tidbits, I'm going to call them. So basically, the temperature has dropped, as we now know, uh, we're seeing outside. And it's official boot season. So let's talk boots. I want to start off by talking about boots and how, you know, I'm wearing boots today. And I I thought about this yesterday and the day before because I've been wearing boots all week, actually. Um, I thought about my boot wardrobe, (laughs) for lack of a better term. Um, And I thought about not just like, you know, trends and whatnot, but basically boots are kind of the reigning champion of the fall purchases, in my opinion. Okay. And so, and here's why. It's not just, it's not just, it's form and function. So it's, it's form following function. It's utilitarian and it's aesthetic. So this is the thing. So we've talked here on the show many times about, um, sneakers and how that world has changed and you know it used to be sneakers it's like god when i was growing up it was basically a ked a tennis shoe or a running shoe
0: pf flyers
1: (laughs) i mean it was really like pretty basic and now as we know we have all kinds of sneaker or um street shoe or trainer or whatever you want to call it Um, so it's the same thing with boots so I feel like you know temperatures dropping, leaves falling, pumpkins everywhere. That means it's boot season, people. So what type of boot do you need and slash wants? So I wanted to talk about that. Um, Some of the trends and, um, you know, if it's something that fits into your wardrobe or maybe you just need to shop your closet and see what you've already got and pull that forward. Um, So starting off combat boots, that's the boot I'm wearing today. Combat boots sort of take center stage as they've been the past few seasons. Um, It's that chunky boot but there are so many different varieties of it nowadays that it's not just you know like an old school chunky combat boot that looks like you're in the military it's something a little bit more streamlined maybe it goes a little higher up maybe it's got buckles or velcro or ties um, but the base of it is the chunky part so um, and I have to tell you I have on a, ch- a chunky boot now. It's not heavy. So I think that's a bit of a perception when people say, well, are they heavy? They're actually not heavy. Um, not at all. Mine are vegan leather. Some people say plastic. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. It's actual leather. It's actual vegan leather. But some, I'm, I'm saying that because I see uh, some marketing or some advertisement and they'll say vegan leather and I'm like – and I'll touch it and I'll say, no, that's plastic. <laughs> um, so – Yeah, but I, what's vegan leather? Well, I think it's, it's some—it's actual some. It looks like leather, right? But obviously, it's not. It doesn't yeah. come from an animal.
0: So okay, it doesn't come from an animal, right? All right,
1: right. right. Uh, some sort of—I I don't but know. But you're how it's right. Made. It's a
0: very good imitation of it. Yes. Yeah.
1: And you well, you can see it. You can touch it when you you know you feel it. You'll say no. Sometimes that's just really just plastic. Uh-huh. You know. Uh-huh. Um, so. The lug sole, the chunky, that's sort of the, the look. How to wear it, you know, I think this is absolutely something for everyone. I don't think this is an aged thing um, I think for me I love it best with leggings just it just replaces the sneaker so casual um, it looks really cute with a little dress or even a longer dress with something a little shorter more feminine um, not a mini skirt, but you know I, mi- I mean just above the knee um, so I think it's something you can really play with obviously with jeans looks great pair it with a, a basic tee and a, and a um, blazer and you look pulled together Um, I, again, I think, is it something that I would go for the professional look? No, it's not. It's literally going to replace your sneakers. So it's getting too cold or it's too wet out or whatever it is, temperatures are changing and you don't want to do a sneaker like me this morning. I thought I had sneakers on the other day and my feet got soaked because it was pouring. So now we switch to the boot. So that's where you're going to, you know, insert the, the chunky boot. The other silhouette that's really trending right now is the mid-calf or the knee-high boot in terms of height. So these are two that I really love. Um, a little bit trickier to wear, the mid-calf. I don't love that for me, but I love it on other people. Mid-calf is tricky because it kind of breaks you off in a weird weird uh, place. So I have short legs. I don't want to make my legs look shorter. I go with a knee-high boot. I love a knee-high boot with dresses and with um, with pants too, but really with dresses or skirts. Um, and then we can't, uh, can't forget this one. The nu- neutral shades are cropping up everywhere. Just like in our wardrobes, we've seen neutral, neutral, neutral everywhere. We've seen tons and tons of cream and beige and khaki. So it's cropping up in the boot trend as well. Lots of shades of cream and white are trending. And uh, also the hybrid boot. So this is that part hiker boot, part combat boot. So we saw this in the sneaker world as well. So, um, kind of seeing this back again in a in a boot version. Now, sometimes it could be like a canvas boot, so it's kind of like a hiker, and then it's got a chunky lug sole like a combat. So that's what I mean by hybrid boot. All of these I'm loving. All of these are easy to wear, and you really can mix and match with anything. And I think so many of these, the hybrid boots especially, are also kind of an all-weather boot, so you can wear it. They're usually waterproof or at least water-resistant. Um, so... Lots of choices out there. So where to buy? I'm going to tell you. These are my top picks. So um, <clears throat> more high street, as they w- the Brits would say, or we would say here, more um, inexpensive. Zara, Shopbop, and Shoots. Those are my choices for boots. A little bit more medium priced to higher end designer, Nordstrom, Saks, and Net-A-Porter. Those are all of my choices. So By the way, me, I am looking for the perfect cowboy boot. (laughs) I didn't mention that in the trends, but um, I I still am looking for the perfect cowboy boot. Yes. I feel like the perfect one because it's got to have a little bit of a platform. And I think that um, it's going to be something a bit of a hybrid. So it's not just a plain, flat cowboy boot. I think it's got to be a great color, and I think it's got to be something with a platform as well. So, I'm on the hunt and um it's got to be something a little bit special, I think. Um because I'm not so much looking for the western look, I'm looking for that sort of silhouette, that kind of cowboy silhouette. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm very particular about these things. But I'm still on the hunt. I feel like I've been on the hunt for this boot for season after season. I will find it. I will find it. Trust me. All right. On that note, I'm going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I have a very special guest joining me, celebrity footwear designer. You won't want to miss this. So stay with us on 1490 WGCH.
0: Or visit them at AdCorpMG.com. AdCorp Media Group. They'll take your business personally. As personally as you do.
1: Welcome back to Fashion Friday. Okay, I've got a very special guest joining me today. I'm so excited. Celebrity footwear designer, legendary New York Chucky's shop owner. Please welcome... Rich Irani, welcome to the show, Rich.
2: Hey, how are you, Tina?
1: Fantastic. Thanks for joining us this morning on this wet and soggy morning. <laughs> I know,
2: but it's my pleasure. It Good. brightens up the day.
1: That's so true. So true. So, I want to start with the fabulous Shoe Store. Let's talk about the Brick and Mortar Chuckies. You st- you do have two locations, correct?
2: Well, we just closed one location about a year ago. Okay. Now we have one location. <clears throat> Excuse me, on Lexington Avenue in New York City.
1: Fantastic. And what a store it is. So basically it is a curated collection of shoes and accessories, and it, it includes your namesake line, correct?
2: Yeah, that's true. That's
1: correct. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what we can find at Chucky's.
2: Well, you know, it's funny because I had a motto with Chucky's, and it was not, you know, what we do have in the shop. It's about what we don't have in the shop. <clears throat> you know, in New York City, you go to any department store, and you'll see a full collection from A to Z in every color. And a lot of women in New York City in particular don't need to see every single thing. They kind of want to curate it to, like, what they really need, what's important for that season. So if you come to Chuckie's, you really do find a curated selection of not only of what is in style or what's, you know, what you need for the moment, but also the right colors, the right heel heights. We're not looking to throw everything against the wall to see what sticks.
1: Right, right. Oh, I love that. I love that. And so tell us, I want to kind of want to pause for a moment and go back. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get to shoes
2: well, it's very interesting and funny, Tina, because I totally fell into it when I was very young. I never thought in a million years that this was going to be my career or my livelihood. Um, I was 15 years old, and my brother Chuck wanted to, uh, to open up a shoe store. And uh, he met a girl, and he was going to be getting married. He was in his like middle 20s, and my mom told him to take a empty store that my dad had and make it a shoe store. And he asked me if I wanted to do it with him. I was only 15 at the time, and I said yes.
1: Wow. And, you know,
2: I was going to school, I was working, I was going to school working, and then finally I just dropped out of high school, which I shouldn't probably be bragging about, but it's the truth, that's what I did. And I started working full-time at a very young age, and the store was in Brooklyn. It was a very small store. Um, it was only 200 square feet. <clears throat> and then what happened was um, we started going to um, Italy and bringing back collections and for that nobody would have. Like I remember one of the very first big collections we carried was Stéphane and I mean, and that's like I'm really aging myself because that goes to show you how far <laughs> back it was. It was a French designer. It was back in the um, early 80s and we brought that back and, and just it went on fire. It was in the days of uh, Charles Jordan and all those high spiky heels and here we came in with this French comfortable woven thick, you know, clunky and it just took off like wildfire. And from there we expanded the store within two years to like uh, 1,500 square feet.
1: Wow. So you clearly had an eye early on.
2: I did, and I think my brother knew that, and I think my mom knew that, even yeah. though I really didn't know that. I didn't really know that I had such an eye, and if I did, I thought it was only for myself.
1: Right, right, right. And and that's the best thing about people. I meet different girls, usually young girls, all the time that want to be in the fashion industry or already are trying to break into it, and they ask me all kinds of questions. And honestly, I just kind of well. It's not even about what they're saying or where they go to school. There's a vibe that I always get. And it might be how they put themselves together, but it might be something else like that they'll talk about. I can always sense when they have an eye, you know, and it's it's like not something you can quite pinpoint and say, well, that's what it is. It's just sort of something I think you have or you don't.
2: Tina, I love it. I love that you, I love that you would admit that and say that because it really is true. I mean, some people just think if, you know, you work hard or you go to FIT or Parsons then you're suddenly gonna you know get the bug or you know learn it's not something that's really learned I didn't know I had it you know and until I, you know, if, if I said wear your blazer inside out to my brother when I was young, he probably would have done it. Looking back, I wish I would have told him to do that. <laughs> yeah, turn it inside out. I mean, they listened to everything I right. said.
1: It's true. It's true. Wow. So that, I love this story. I think this is a great example of, um, okay, it wasn't the most idyllic and it wasn't uh, the traditional way of going to school, going to college. But it sounds like you, number one, had an eye and number two, worked really hard. So I I think there's – yeah, there's no – and that's usually what I tell interns or girls that ask me about, you know, becoming a stylist because nowadays everyone's a stylist. And I say, well, (laughs) you know, all I can tell you is you've got to put in the time. You have to work really hard, you know, and I think that's –
2: you know that most people in my shop, like customers after, you know, a decade of shopping at Chucky's will suddenly come in, their kids are grown, and they all hand me cards that they're now stylists, <laughs> they're personal shoppers. Yeah. <laughs> and I just take all the cards and I pile them up, I put them in the drawer, and it's just that's not how it works. I yeah. mean, and they all have great taste, they do, but that's not how it works.
1: Right, right. And sometimes people can dress themselves very well. They can put themselves together very well, but I'll always say that does not make a stylist. Absolutely.
2: Naseed, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. absolutely right. Right. It's the experience. It's it's knowing the behind the scenes. It's knowing the designers, knowing the showrooms. It's having the rapport. It's being able to get you something. It's You really have to start at the bottom. And it's funny because I interview for my podcast a lot of stylists, and they all have started way at the bottom. Yes. I mean, they've interned. They've, you know, picked clothes up off the floor. And and these are very successful stylists today, and I think that's how really it works organically.
1: Yes, 100%. I've... i Agree with you. I've told many stories similar to that of I will never forget, I worked for a retail company in a mall, and I had to... I wanted to be a stylist, but that didn't really exist. So they gave me this random position um, in a stock room of basically processing the shipment. That's what I did. Right. And then I could put it out on the floor and arrange it, and I would be so excited to get to the point where I could arrange it and merchandise it on the floor, because that was close to styling, um, but I couldn't do that till like 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So I... Used to have to come in at at five a.m. every day. I had the keys to the store, like literally the key the keys to the whole store. Wow. Nobody else would be in, and I would be in the back.
2: And you were young, and I
1: was very young. Wow. I was right out of college. I think it was right. Yes, I was right out of college and cracking open big heavy boxes, checking everything in. I mean, it was really it, uh, it was definitely schlepping. You know, so you're like me. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're I,
2: self-taught. Yeah, you self taught. Yeah, yeah, for, had for merchandise. sure. You self taught everything sure. for yeah. yourself.
1: Yeah, and I would be. I remember just being all by myself in this horrible, dingy stockroom. Like it was nothing glamorous about it. And I'm climbing over boxes to get. Oh my gosh, what's in this one? And seeing new product. And but I knew once I got it all processed and hung and did all the sweat stuff, you know, I would be able to then bring it out to the floor at three o'clock in the afternoon. And then I had like two hours to do it. And that was it. And they were like, "You now you've got to place everything on the floor, rework the entire floor, make it look new and fresh, and then." That's it, you know. It was like pressure, but listen. Now, looking back,
2: don't you think those were the good old days?
1: Yes, I do. I do. Me too. I do.
2: Those were the good old days. I miss them. Yeah, climbing over boxes and opening up shipments from Yves Saint Laurent that came from Paris or Dior when we would carry it and all these collections. And I would, I was like you. I'd be there till two o'clock in the morning, and I had a store in Soho, so I used to have to shift. I used to have to bring shoes from Soho to the Upper East Side, and I did it myself. And sometimes at 2 in the morning, I would get out of my car and forget to put it in park. I'd go to oh the trunk. God. The car would start rolling. <laughs> I ran. That only happened to me one time. I ran. I jumped into the car and put the brake, put it on park, and that woke me up.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's
2: how I was like a zombie.
1: Yeah, yeah. yep. But they were the
2: good old days. The
1: good old days, slaves to fashion. Now I people know.
2: come in for jobs, and they want to they take your job. They oh, want to yeah. be a buyer.
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, the, the, I hear that a lot too. I I want to be a buyer, and I'm like, well, I was never a buyer, but right. I definitely worked alongside with many, many buyers, and I know how hard that job is too. So, right. and it's I think they there's a perception too. You know, they think it's just like going to fashion shows and going to on buying appointments and just saying, oh, I want that, that, and that for the store. And I'm like, mm, there's a lot more to it there's than that. There's a lot that. more that goes into <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, I mean,
2: don't get me wrong, it is fun. I mean, to this day, I say, you know, listen. You know, all I have to do is go in point, but it took a lot to get there. To get there, exactly. It took a lot to get there. Exactly. And then you, need, you know, after time goes by, you can hire people and, you know, have partners that will say, okay, this is how much we can buy, and this is how much we can't buy, and this is how much we lost last year. Right. <clears throat> so there's a lot of trial and error and mistakes that yeah. you make along the way.
1: Yeah. I always tell girls that ask about that. It says it's a lot about numbers, mm-hmm. and they look at me like, "Oh, really?" Like, "Yeah, it's all about like last year and this year, and you know how to make a profit." It's a lot about numbers, not just picking at and pointing, you know. So, where do you draw your inspiration?
2: Um, it's interesting. Um, I really don't have one specific place. Although I will say that I go by eras. I love certain eras. I love certain decades. I draw mainly from movies because that will trigger something of a certain decade or a certain era or even a certain culture. Yeah. But I always try to do it in a way where it's, where it's kind of wearable for today. I kind of want to modernize it. Yes. You know, going to, um, to the shows for many years and talking to designers, and, you know, I never ask where they get their inspiration from. But, you know, you go from showroom to showroom, and everybody tells you their inspiration. And some get it from the sky. Some get it from traveling and looking at a beautiful building. And when you look at the collection, it's beautiful. But they're not wearable. They're identifiable. Like the heels will look like a building or, you know, will look like a globe. And they're beautiful, but they're not, you know, so I was never really that way. I was always a little bit more classic in my, you know, how do I take a shoe from like, you know, the 70s and kind of make it a little bit more modern and cool?
1: Yeah. I agree with you. I'm the same way when it comes to my personal style. And then I'm sure that somehow usually reflects in when I'm styling clients. Um, I'm all about the different eras and different decades. And, um, oh, we get along
2: great. Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, I really am. Because I – and you're right. And the first thing I'll say when someone tells me like, oh, yes, I loved the 70s. And I'll say, OK, well, we're going to take pieces of it and modernize it like you mentioned because otherwise you look like you're in a costume. I said, well, we don't want exactly. to look like you, you actually are in the 70s. Right. You want to look now with a little, you know, a wink to it or a nod to it or right. a twist or whatever. So, yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Um, and so what would you say to our listeners first step in sort of building a fashion forward wardrobe? What's one like the first step you would take in kind of, you know, you're looking at your stuff I get I hear this question all the time. You know, oh, I wear a lot of black or gray or dark colors. And I don't want to just say, oh, well, you just start wearing bright colors because that might not be the person's personality. Right. So what would you say sort of the first step in building more of a fashion-forward wardrobe would be?
2: Um It's a great question. It actually really is a great question. You know, the first thing that I would say, it it would have to be very thoughtfully. You know, it's regardless of price or the percentage off. I know people like to buy something that was, you know, $1,000 for $200, and it was a couture piece. And, you know, it's a bright pink crazy thing that you can hardly ever wear. So I really do say if you're going to build a um, fashion-forward wardrobe, you really need to be thoughtful. You have to know kind of what looks good on you, what your best colors are, what you wear the most – It's not about it having to show and being identifiable. It's more, for me, the quality, how it looks, the shape. You know, obviously, when you buy, you know, a blazer or something, the shoulders are so beautiful. It's like sculptures. It's not like buying the copy of it. Now, that's not to say you can't buy the copy of it, but if you really want to build some kind of a couture wardrobe, I think you have to really know your body. You have to know your body, what looks good on you, and don't go for pieces that are too identifiable. That's what I would say.
1: I love that. I, lo- I love the part about know your body. Yes, not just... Yeah, you can. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, lo-
2: high-high boots are big this year. I mean, so what? High-waisted pants, so what? You know, it's one thing if you want to, you know, uh, commit to a fabric or if you, if, if you like um, <clears throat> camouflage, let's say, and if it, the color works for you, it's great. You can, you know, put it in a handbag. You can put it in a blouse. You can, you know, you can work it in many different ways. But once you start getting into shapes and severe shapes, that's when I get, you know, even as a buyer, even when I'd go to Paris and, you know, Balenciaga would show these crazy pointy-toe boots and they're like, oh, all over the runway, everybody's picking it up. I'd say, okay, let them get it from there. I'm not bringing it into my store.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure you also know your customer as well. Right,
2: exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. So speaking of high end, low end, <clears throat> what are your thoughts on f- today's fast fashion? So the H&Ms, the Zaras, just the the, the whole, like, fast fashion world.
2: I mean, I think they're great. I think they're great fillers. I will say, I think they're great fillers. I mean, I couldn't imagine building, you know, a wardrobe even for my kids around it. But, you know, they're great fillers. Like, you know, I still shop for my kids. I try to find them, you know, nice stuff. And you know, for myself, I stop shopping, but if if I were to shop for myself, you know, I would do the same thing. I try to find the stuff that I love for me, and then the extras that I can't find, the basics, I would shop in H&M for. So I think fast fashion, I think, is great, Yeah. but I think we can't just rely on fast fashion.
1: Agree. I agree. It's, a, it's good to have a balance, both for your, you know, for the sustainability aspect, I think. That's number one. And number two, for your wallet, I think. It's, you know, I don't I know agree. anyone that shops, even my best of the best clients that have, you know, these beautiful homes and beautiful closets that really could have just about any piece they want. They've got couture in their closet. They don't even shop, you know, 100% designer.
2: Tina, you're you're totally correct and this is what I say all the time and this is how Chucky's changes as the time goes goes on because when there's too much product out there and there's an overabundance of everything at every price point. I mean, now you can copy a designer and it comes out within the same season. You know, when I yeah. started out back couldn't be done you know steve madden used to come to my store you know 20 years ago in brooklyn and he used to buy tons of stuff and we were so happy he was the best customer because we knew whatever he was copying was coming out a full year later right you know. now it's you know you copy something it comes out the same time at every price point so yeah you're completely correct on that
1: yeah yeah and um i want to just circle back so chucky's is uh do you have a website that we want to give to our listeners or how can they if they're not, if they if can we're find not... Chucky's
2: on Farfetch, on on we're on Farfetch.
1: Oh, fantastic! And there
2: is a the Chucky's Instagram handle is Chucky's New York.
1: Fantastic. Okay, just for people that maybe they're not out shopping, that aren't not quite. Um, I'm guessing your store is open with you know the social protocols and yes, what? Okay. yes, we are
2: okay. open absolutely.
1: Okay, fantastic. In case you do want to stop by, if not, certainly take a look at their website. I also want to mention you talked about briefly your podcast. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Sure. So I started a podcast called Rich in Life. And um, after <laughs> after so long of talking to my customers on in Soho, Madison Avenue, Lexington Avenue, Third Avenue, I developed such a rapport with them. And I don't know, the conversations were always so interesting. You know, we were very personal with a lot of women. I was in particular. And, um, you know, once this pandemic hit, it a friend of mine who I was talking to said, you should start a podcast. And that's how it really started. I thought maybe I would just bring it to a wider audience and talk about the fashion talk talk about the dating, which was a huge topic with women over the decades. I mean, really nothing changes. And we talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Nothing changes from 20 years ago, from every culture, from people that come from, you know, any other country, their problems are pretty much the same. So we kind of talk about all of that in a funny, lighthearted way.
1: I love it. And so where can we hear this?
2: it's called rich in life and it's r-i-t-c-h and it's on um, spotify apple stitcher anywhere you'd listen to a podcast
1: fantastic okay well i'm gonna have to listen for sure thank you i hope so i'd love to get you on absolutely absolutely all right so we've got about one minute left sure um and i want to know what is the one must-have piece for fall winter season that every woman should have
2: Okay, so you're going to be surprised. I'm not going to say anything about footwear because I'm not at the moment. I say it's a blazer. Yes. I say the must-have is a blazer.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's my favorite. And the
2: reason why (laughs) is with the whole Zooming and everybody working from home and wanting to work in sweatpants and pajamas, I mean, whether it's H&M pajamas or cashmere sweatpants, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You put on either a Balmain, Balenciaga, Chanel type, and that's it. I mean, you look badass.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. I'm such a blazer girl. I, as everyone that knows me knows, I'm Oh, simply, are you I love oh, it. And 100%. and you know how and you
2: know how it is. You Choose an expensive blazer, and it's like uh, wearing—it's like wearing a sculpture, like an art on you.
1: Oh, for sure. It literally changes how you feel. To me, it's—and at that
2: point, it doesn't even matter what's underneath.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, that'll do it. We're actually out of time. Rich, thank you so much for joining us.
2: It's my pleasure, Tina. I love talking to you, and we will be in touch.
1: Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Rich. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. So that'll do it. Join me next week for more Fashion Friday on 1490 W G C H.
0: AM 1490 and FM 105.5 WGCH Greenwich. USA Radio News with Lance Pryde.
2: Americans have a choice Tuesday. They can vote for President Trump or Joe Biden. The contrast between the two candidates really stands out.